by name takes a seat. And uh, it's kids camp time. Remember that out there. All right. Well, we are uh, in a series called uh, Get in the Game. And it's uh, uh, reminding us of what, you know, what do we need to do here to kind of to get our lives moving in the direction that God wants us to be, to uh, make sure that our lives are everything that he wants them to be and, and uh, that we can make the impact with our lives that, that God really dreams for us and has in store for us. So we've been talking about our purposes, and we kind of started with the overarching one to, to remind ourselves, right, that God has a plan, God has a purpose for each one of our lives, that uh, he doesn't create us without that, that part of that, that process of creating us is God kind of designing that dream that he has for our lives. Uh, and then we went the next step and said that uh, one of our fundamental purposes is to just live a life that pleases him. And, and that means coming to worship and just giving him praise uh, with who we are and the way we live. Um, and then we also recognized last week that it's our purpose uh, to uh, be his people, to be in his family and together with his people um, and, you know, get into relationship uh, and be the church that he's called us to be. So today, today we take another step in recognizing uh, another purpose for us, a fundamental purpose uh, in, in why we're here, why God's created us. And uh, Ephesians 4 can uh, lead us to this purpose. So if we go to Ephesians 4, and I really make it easy for you because I highlight the key stuff there. Uh, Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, Love should always make us tell the truth, obviously. Then the key stuff. Then we will grow in every way and be more like Christ. Then we'll grow in how many ways? Every way. Okay, so it's talking here about everything that's us, every way that we are, every part of us, every time that we spend, action, thought, every way that we are who we are is purposed to become like Christ. We were created to be like Christ, to be in the image of Christ. Christ came to, to show us how to be, and he came to restore us and give us the possibility to be that God created us for the purpose of being like Christ in the world. Stated this way, you were recreated to be like Christ. And Paul says in Ephesians 4, uh, if you back up a couple verses... This will continue until we're all united by our faith and by our understanding of the Son of God. Then look at the highlighted. Then we'll be mature just as Christ is and we'll be completely like Him. What's your purpose? You were created not to be the person that you think you ought to be. You were created to be like Christ. Did you hear that? You weren't created to be the person that you think you ought to be. You were created to be the person who grows each day to be like Christ. Isn't that awesome? You're created to be the person with that obedience to the Father, with that desire to do the will of the Father, with the attitude, with the character you were created to be like Christ. Now, obviously, we're not all going to be look like Christ and, and be, you know, bearded and, you know, the way he looked, right? We're talking about the way you're supposed to be as a person, you know, your beliefs, your attitudes, and the commitments you make. You see, life is not about everything that you can gain. It's not about everything that you can 
achieve or amass for yourself. It is about the kind of person that you become. It's about the person that you become. And God created you to be a specific person. And that person is to be in the image of Christ. To think, act, and be like Him. This is your purpose. You with me? Fundamentally, the challenge of that is right now this morning, if we hear that and receive that, we have to ask a hard question. So who's the person that I'm becoming right now? As I live my life right now, who, who's the person that I'm becoming? Who, who, who's the, the husband that I'm becoming? Who's the wife that I'm becoming? Who's the parent that I'm becoming? Who's the co-worker that I'm becoming? Who is this person that I am right now? And in whose image is my life flowing and reflecting? You see, we recognize this purpose. This is what we were created for. Then we have to pause and start taking the steps we need to take to be that kind of person God created us to be, like Christ. How do we do this? It starts with a simple step. The step is to commit yourself to grow to the person that God wants you to be. It's that simple. You just start by receiving this word this morning and saying, that is what God created me for, and I'm going to just surrender everything that I am in every way that I am to be the kind of person that God wants me to be. You know what that means? You give up. You give up being the person you think you ought to be. You trade it all in and say, look, I am here because I want to be that person that God wants me to be. Now, we've been turning to each other in each one of these series, so here's a good one for you today. So turn to somebody and tell them they can be better than they are right today. You can be better. You can. How's that feel? Doesn't that feel pretty good? Because reality is some of us came in the room this morning and we don't feel so good about ourselves. Because what? We're working so hard at trying to be the person we think we ought to be instead of just surrendering and saying, you know what? I'm just here to be the person God wants me to be. It starts with making that simple commitment that says, I am frustrated with my life going this way and I know God's got something better for me and I'm just going to commit myself from now on to listen to God first. I'm going to commit myself to be that kind of person that God wants to be. And it takes that kind of commitment. Listen to Hebrews 5, and you can hear, just hear in the background of, of Hebrews as he writes this, hear the frustration that he has for these folks, these disciples who just aren't doing that. Okay, Hebrews 5 says, By now you should have been teachers. But, once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. People who live on milk are like babies who don't really know what is right. Solid food is for mature people who've been trained to know right from wrong. Did you hear his frustration? I mean, by now, you ought to understand that you're here to look like Christ. By now, you ought to be moving along to achieve everything that God wants to achieve in your life. By now, you ought to be further down the road to understanding everything that your life can do and become 
when you be the person Christ wants you to be. By now. You hear that frustration? You see, the challenge is for us to just receive the word this morning and say, that's right, I'm going to commit myself to that. I am going to absolutely commit myself to being the person that God wants me to be and give up on that old person and stop trying to decide for myself who I want and what I want and instead focus on what is it that God wants me to become. If you go to uh, Hebrews and look at the the sixth chapter, as you, you follow along, we're in the fifth chapter. You go to the sixth chapter, he keeps the same theme going. He says, we must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basics, basic things we were taught about, uh, taught about Christ. Notice the first two words, we must. Doesn't that sound like commitment? We must. You, you, you got you to get this. You got to understand. That's what he's saying. You got to understand this. You got to get this in your life. If your life is going to become everything that God dreamed for it to become, you got to understand. You got to get this in your mind and in your heart, and you got to commit yourself and say, Yes, from today on, I am going to live to be like Christ. And you make that commitment. He says, We shouldn't need to keep talking about why we ought to turn from deeds that bring death and why we ought to have faith in God. And we shouldn't need to keep teaching about baptism or about laying out of hands or about people being raised from death and the future judgment. And then look what he says. Let's grow up if God is willing. I can tell you this. God is absolutely willing absolutely willing to make your life more than you ever imagined. He is absolutely willing. There is no doubt about that. You see, He sent Jesus Christ into the world to convince you of that. He sent Jesus Christ into the world so you could see what it means to be Christ-like. He sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for you, to open up the possibility so that your life can be everything He knows it can become. But it makes the commitment that says, from now on, I'm giving up all that stuff and I'm surrendering. And I'm going to just concentrate on being the person that God wants me to be. And understand this, Christ's church exists. We are here to help you accomplish that. That's why the church is here. We are here to help you accomplish being that person who is Christ-like in your attitude and in your actions and in your dreams and in your desires. If you go to that Ephesians 4 chapter again, Paul says, Christ chose some of us to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers so that His people would learn to serve and His body would grow strong. Why is the church here? So you can learn to serve and grow strong and become everything that God wants you to become in Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we do all the stuff we do. That's why worship is here and we work hard all week to make sure this is an awesome morning. That, that's why we have Bible studies and that's why we have small groups. That way all the stuff that goes on so that you can do and become the person that God wants you to be in Christ. You start by making the commitment. The next step is, when you make that commitment, you have to be willing to change the way you think. To let God change where your mind 
goes. If you look at Proverbs 4, a book about wisdom, Proverbs, right? Proverbs 4 says, Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. What does Proverbs understand? Where your head goes, your actions will follow. The way you think, what you put your mind on is going to give direction to where your actions ultimately come out. He says, guard your thinking, guard your minds, because he knows whatever you concentrate on, wherever you put your mind, that's going to issue into where the way, the how of how you live your life. To be the person that Christ wants you to be, you've got to be ready to let the Holy Spirit take over your thinking and change the way you think. 1 Corinthians says, My friends, stop thinking like children. Think like mature people and be as innocent as tiny babies. What are we supposed to stop thinking like? Children and become mature thinkers. See, we're changing the way we think and moving into becoming a new person. Have you gone to your high school reunion yet? And you go back to your high school reunion, and there's always somebody in your class who is still living back in high school? I mean, you know, they're 50 years old, but they're still the pom-pom cheerleader or whatever. I mean, they're still living back in high school. You know those people? Let me see. Paul is saying to us, we've got to change the way we think and become mature thinkers in Christ. And that only happens when we let the Holy Spirit take over our thinking. He says in Romans 12, Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you'll know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to Him. Notice he says, let God change how you think. This is the awesome thing about God. God will never ask you to do something or become something that he doesn't give you the strength, the power, and the desire to do it. You see, we don't have to carry the load on changing our thinking. All we have to do is commit ourselves to it and release ourselves to let the Holy Spirit do the load, carry the load, and change the way we think. It's for us to just change and listen more to the Holy Spirit than we do to our own desires. Uh, let me give you an example. Any of you have those GPS systems in your car? You know, you put it in the windshield and then you're driving along and then it comes and says, you know, in 0.9 miles, turn right. You ever have the experience where it says, in 0.9 miles, turn right, and you say, no, I'm not going that way. Sure, am I the only one that does that? You know, I go down through, you know, to go see my daughter in Columbus and I got to go through Chicago and I always go around... You know, take the tollway and go around Chicago kind of thing. And all the way along, it wants to take me down through downtown. And I have to say, no, I'm not going that way. You know how easy it is for us to do that in our life? That God comes along beside us and says, ooh, I got something awesome in store for you. I got a great way for you to become Christ-like. You just need to follow my lead on this one. Just trust me on this one. And what do we say? Nah, I don't want to go that way. I don't know. I don't know what's in store down there. I don't know why, if I go that way. I don't know if it's, I don't want to go that way. You see, changing our thinking is saying we are going to trust the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the work of God in our life more 
then we're going to trust our own desires. That's what uh, what Paul is leading us to here. If you go back to that Ephesians 4 uh, chapter again, he says, Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You were created to be like God, and so you must please Him and be truly holy. Who changes our thinking? The Spirit does. See, we don't have to carry the load in becoming that Christ-like person. What we have to do is just commit to it and release ourselves to that presence of the Spirit in our life and let the Spirit move us in the direction that God wants us to, to be. Second Corinthians, Paul says, So our faces are not covered. They show the bright and glory of the Lord as the Lord's Spirit makes us more and more like... Isn't that awesome? The Spirit works to make us more and more into the person that God wants us to become. And being more and more Christ-like makes our life even more powerful and incredible. And God is willing to do that to each one of us when we just commit and we surrender our minds and our thinking to His judgment. Romans 8, Paul summarizes saying, People who are ruled by their desires think only of themselves. Everyone who is ruled by the Holy Spirit thinks about spiritual things. We change our thinking. Now what happens when we change our thinking? Once we release ourselves and we let God do the work here and change the way we think, it'll also change the way we act. It will change our habits. It will change our habits. If you look at Colossians 3, and that is exactly what you did when you lived among uh, people who behaved this way. But now you must stop doing such things. You must quit being angry, hateful, and evil. You must no longer say insults or cruel things about others. And stop lying to each other. You have given up your old ways of life with its habits. Each of you is now a new person. You are becoming more and more like your Creator, and you will understand Him better. When we change our thinking, we let the Holy Spirit take over our thinking, then we begin to change our acting and our habits of how we are. Uh, some of you may know I uh, try to play golf, uh, and uh, I have a bad habit. I, I don't know how I got this bad habit, but lately I've picked up a bad habit in my swing. Anybody have bad habits in their swing? Yes, thank you. Um, bad habits in your swing, right? My bad habit is I'll line up, especially when I'm at the tee box, I'll line up on the ball and everything's good and I get my grip and everything's great and I'm feeling really good about it. But then when I take my backswing, I get right about back here and for some reason, I open up my left hand and just kind of open up my left hand and then re-grip the club. You know what happens when you do that? Yeah, you change the face of the club and now you have no idea when you bring the club face back in where that ball's going to go. Right? I mean, you're back here, and you're all lined up, and everything's good, and then you get back here, and then you open your hand, and you re-grip the darn thing, so when you come back down, you have no idea where that club face is facing, thus you have no idea where that ball is going to go. Would you agree that's a bad habit in golf? This is a bad habit, right? How do I get past that bad habit? See, all I can do is now, when I approach the ball, because I know I have this bad habit, I know it, 
I approach the ball, I get all lined up, and I have to say to myself, trust the swing. Just trust the swing. Just now listen, just trust the swing. Don't concentrate on the bad habit. Don't think about the bad habit. Just trust the swing. You see, what we'd like to do is get up there and say, now don't regrip. Whatever you do now, don't regrip. Now, as you take it back to whatever you do, don't regrip. No, the focus is not on the regrip. The focus is on trusting the swing. The same is true with us when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us and we start listening to what God wants for our life. You see, it's to concentrate and say, I am just going to trust that God knows better for my life than I do. I'm just going to trust that He sent Jesus Christ into the world to recreate me into the image of Christ. And I'm going to trust that that's better than anything I could ever dream or imagine. I am just going to trust and commit myself and say, I'm going to trust that whatever God has in store for me is greater than the way I've been living life. And give up on the bad habits. Give up on the old way of life. And just trust that God knows better and has something greater. Now, the key for us is this doesn't happen overnight. This isn't like a light switch that we turn on and off. This is something that we commit ourselves to for the long haul. You've got to be committed for the long haul. Look at uh, Philippians. Paul says, My dear friends, you always obeyed when I was with you. Now that I'm away, you should obey even more. So work with fear and trembling to discover what it really means to be saved. God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey Him. Paul's just saying, look, you just got to keep working at this. You just got to keep working out. You got to keep working at this. Uh, you ever notice those commercials where they're, they're selling, you know, the, the treadmill on TV or, you know, the tread climber or all this kind of stuff? You ever notice that I haven't heard one of those commercials yet that say, buy this machine and use it one time. Have you ever heard those? No, every one of those commercials say, buy this machine and just 20 minutes, three times a week. Isn't that right? But it takes at least three times a week, minimum. Isn't that the way it is? The same is true for us. That when we, when we want to become that person that, that is Christ-like, it's something we commit for the long haul. It happens every day. It's God working in us every day. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. There are going to be days when you doubt and you question and you wonder, and all it's going to take for you is to remind yourself, God is greater. God is working in my day to make me more and more like Christ today. Even when you don't see it and even when you don't feel it, that you commit yourself to the long haul to say, God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey Him. You see, it is a process of becoming each day more and more like Christ. Paul said again in Ephesians 4, this will continue. This will continue. It's not one time. This will continue until we're united by our faith and by our understandings of the Son of God. You commit yourself for the long haul knowing God is willing to put in the effort. He showed it in Christ. Here's the last key. 
as you're in the long haul, celebrate the little victories. Celebrate the victories that come along. Uh, we've been using a theme, you know, with the goalposts and football and everything. Did, did you see the picture that we had up? It's kind of the main picture there today with the, with the uh, you know, the chains. You see, now, who wins the game is obviously determined by the points on the board at the end of the game, right? But during the game, while the game is unfolding, the small goal is to move the chains. Isn't that it? The small goal. The goal immediately in front of each team is to move the chains. Just keep moving the chains. As long as you keep moving the chains, you're going to move on and move on. Keep moving the chains. And that's why when the, you know, it's third down and 17 yards and, and the ball's thrown and the receiver catches the ball and it's a first down and it's move the chains, what's the receiver do? He pops right up like he's not hurt at all. He pops right up and goes, yeah, first down, first down. What's he doing? He didn't make the touchdown. He's celebrating the first down. He's celebrating the movement and the achievement of what's been accomplished. The same for us. It's for us every day to be sensitive and aware that not only is God working, but celebrate the achievements. Celebrate it when you see it, when you experience, when you understand, hey, this is a God thing. Celebrate it. First John says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and we have not yet been shown what we will be in the future. But we know that when Christ comes again, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He really is. God has such great things in store for us. And He looks at you today and He knows. He knows what your life can become. But He asks you, commit yourself to be who He wants you to be. Commit yourself to trust Him more in your life. Surrender your mind and your thoughts and let Him control your mind and thoughts so much you can give up all the old bad habits and you can begin acting the way He wants you to be in His thoughts and His character and His values and His attitudes. And then celebrate, celebrate, and celebrate, and celebrate as you keep moving forward to become that person. God has such great things for you because He showed you what you can become in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for His uh, not only being in this world to die for us and, and take away all the guilt and the shame, but to show us as well what life can be. We pray today that you would help us just stay on purpose and help us to let our minds and our thoughts and our habits be totally controlled by the presence of your Spirit and speak to us so we can hear and move the chains. Help us to move forward. Help us to achieve what you desire and what pleases and gives your name honor and glory. We know you're great enough. We know you're great enough. You've shown us in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.